Welcome to a very special Odds Checker podcast. We've already had our Grand National preview, but here we speak to two guys who know a lot about the race. Nick Schofield, who finished third five years ago on T for three, who rides Vicente this year. Vicente fell at the first last time, but Nick is keen on his chances. And we speak to him about what it takes to win a Grand National and the chance he thinks that his ride has got. And we speak to Mike Spence, who we spoke to before the Cheltenham Festival about his two horses on the blind side and Kilcrea Vale. Neither, neither of them made it to the festival, but they're both run at Aintree. And he's also got a tip for us in the Grand National as well. And he is a pro punter, so probably worth listening to whatever Mike has to say as well. So I'm joined by Odds Checker, Ambassador and uh, a jockey who finished third in the Grand National a few years ago, Nick Schofield. And he has a ride uh, in this year's event and, and a, ride, a, a horse that was quite well fancied by some people last year before falling at the first. Um, and we'll start at the beginning, Nick. How, how do you fancy your chances? Yeah, obviously, like you said, um, he did fall at the first last year, but... Um, it was one of them falls that he sort of he jumped the fence too well and uh, knuckled over on landing. But he's a dual Scottish national winner. Um, he's got abundance of ability. Um, he has a nice race and rate um, with a clear round. Um, he would have a massive chance. So Vicente is your ride. Uh, people looking at the bare form may see uh, an unseated rider early, earlier in the season as well. I mean, is he in good shape at home? Yeah, look, I went and scored him at uh, David Pope's yard. He kindly let us use the entry-style fences um, Sunday morning. Um, and he, he jumped uh, nicely, jumped really well. Um, Upsize Warriors tail, uh, Paul Nichols is Trevor Hemmings' other runner. Um, and he, he showed no, no ill effects from his fall last year, and he took to them really well. So um, my main concern would be the rain over the next few days. He obviously wouldn't want bundles of rain um, but there's I think five mil forecast now until national day so um, uh, if long as it, it does the ground doesn't turn heavy um, I think soft would be fine but um, yeah that, that would be the main concern if it went heavy fingers crossed it stays dry and, and looking at the race who are the ones that you think uh, you know are the main players and who, who do you fear or who do you think has the best chance of winning they're obviously at the t- top of the weights, they've got a lot of weight, but they're the best horses you've got, like Manella Rocco and um, Black Lion. Black Lion ran an incredible race last year. He's had a breathing operation. It's obviously a slight concern what happened at Haydock, but uh, vibes from Nigel Twiston are quite strong. Um, going through down through the card, there's it, you know it's a high quality race, and that, you know that there's a number of you know very good ones, and obviously the Katie Welsh horse from Ireland's been well supported in the betting and. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no standout, but there's sort of um, a good five or six you can make a strong case for. And as, as someone who's been in the mix uh, in the final stages of the race, as a jockey, how, how do you approach it? Is it a case of just running your own race, making sure you get around and seeing where you are turning in? Yeah, um, I think my best finishing position was third, and that was on T for three about five years ago now. So um, and I was up in the van with him along, uh, for a long way, and... Um, but the ground could just be a bit softer than it has been in previous years, so um, probably help horses um, to get into more of a rhythm, and it might not be so run at such fast pace. Um, but yeah, as far as like how I approach it, um, you t- you, you got to ride your horse and um, to your strengths. And you know, I know my horse has the ability to. If that if it was a normal race, he'd be more than capable of winning it. You know, um, especially off that handicap mark. So. Um, you know, if this was a Scottish national, I'm sure he'd be red or favourite. So it, the entry is no different. It's left-handed, it's flat. Um, so you've got to treat it, get, get over the jumps. And um, if he gets over the jumps, in with the chance that the men at road will, will 
take it from there. But I think you've got to ride, you know, every jockey in the race will have a different plan and you just got to take it as it comes. We were talking to Andy Holding yesterday and he was saying that, in his opinion, the, the Grand National Fences have changed somewhat um, and it's less of a, the kind of the, the horrible, brutal test that it used to be. As a jockey, do you sign up to that view? Um, I don't approach it any different than what I did ago. Um, I personally still think the fences need jumping. Um, and Maybe it's easy for him to say he doesn't have to be yeah, the one, you know. <laughs> it's just, it, you know, you've seen in recent years that they're, 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 they are different from your, your daily, daily basis. So the, it is different. The drops are not quite as steep as they once were. Um, yeah, Andy probably has a point, but you, you still, I still wouldn't want to... Um, Maybe next year we can, uh, in, in our pre um, Grand National content, we can get Andy on a horse and send him around and see if he still thinks that afterwards. Um, yeah. as, as a jockey looking at the race, I mean, obviously the whole country seems to come to a bit of a standstill during the Grand National and everyone tunes in. Um, people who may not know enough, a lot about racing may assume it's kind of the best uh, race in the year when obviously, you know, it, it's a, it's a it's a four-mile-plus handicap, a bit different. I mean, how do you approach it as a jockey? What, what does it mean to you guys? Yeah, it, you know, you try and treat it um, like every other race, but, you know, the whole build-up is um, massive. It's probably more so than the Cheltenham Festival. Um, if, you know, just, you know, we're three leagues away and, you know, every, you know um, everything's talk, being talked about. And, um, you know, you do get to races a lot earlier. You prepare... I suppose you make sure you're fit enough and your weight's correct and you know you do everything um, like you do on a normal day but I suppose it's that not added pressure but you, you know it's a Grand National and it means a lot you know you see a lot of people when they're trying to um, predict who's going to win the Grand National or find their bets going through these trends whether it's certain owners certain jockeys how many times they've got placed in certain nationals or whatever I mean as you looking at the horses you'd want to ride and having sat on a few who've done all right what would you say are the kind of the one or two things that people should look at and finding a horse that should should go well on Saturday? I think you'll need a horse that will certainly be able to stay well because um, you know it's going to be a bit softer. It is four and a half miles, and you know because there's quite a few good horses in it. They're sure not to go slow pace, um, and it just could catch the ones that lower the weights out. Um, early on in the race the, the pace over those fences but I think you need one that stays well like any year you, just, you know you, it, it's, you know you need a lot of luck in running which you can't as a betting person you can't really judge but no if only yeah so um, you know there's a, there's a lot of I suppose it's what makes the Grand National but if, you, if your horse is you know horse like Black Lion he, he's took the fences you know twice now last samurai he's been around numerous maritimes there's, there's a good few horses in there that if I look up, I, I'd be looking to track in the race because you know they've been around there plenty of times, and you know they're, they're pretty short-footed. And just finally, um, some of the kind of main names in the betting uh, obviously ran very, very good races at, at Cheltenham Festival. You've got uh, Tiger Roll, who was so impressive in, uh, in in his win. You've got Annabelle Fly. Um, in, in your opinion, to these good runs in what was you know under a month ago, is that a positive, or would these horses still be recovering on the back of what was undoubtedly a pretty, pretty tough test? so much worried about it to be honest um, the horses nowadays they're, they're super duper fit people like Gordon Elliott um, John Junior they're, they're masters at you know getting these horses you know when the fitter the horses are the better they recover from the races I always think so um, you know they, they're 
they're that good a trainer, you know, Cornelio wouldn't be sending Tiger off if he thought he wasn't quite right, you know, he'd be yeah. saving punches down or whatever, but he, you know, the fact that he's, he's running him um, would be good enough for me and it wouldn't even be a concern of mine. Good stuff. Well, we'll all be cheering on Vicente here. Uh, from what you've said, he does seem like he's, he's quite a big price. People make sure that you look at the Grand National grids on odds checker to, to, to check the prices and, uh, and cheer Nick on on Saturday. Download the Odds Checker Bet Hub app today and bet with 12 different bookies in one app. Log in and place bets with all your favourite bookies without leaving the app. View all your balances and deposit easily. Why spend time jumping around between different apps and websites? Read tips, compare odds and place bets, all with Odds Checker Bet Hub, available on iOS. I'm joined by Mike Spence now, who joined us for the Cheltenham podcast as well. Uh, we talk about a couple of horses then, Kilcrea Vale and On the Blind Side, who he owns, or his dad owns at least, but I think we can call him the owner. Uh, and sadly, neither of them made it to Presbury Park. But it's different here. They're both running at Aintree. We're going to start with On the Blind Side, Mike. Um, firstly, I mean, what happened there before Cheltenham, uh, head, of the, head of the Neptune, or the Ballymore, I should say? Um, and is he fighting fit now? Uh, it's, yeah, sadly, it was a, a small muscle issue. Um, that kept him out of Cheltenham, a very small one, um, but enough to keep him out of a race, to be honest. He wouldn't have been able to show his best and just got to the stage where we were missing bits of work. And to be honest, the snow didn't help either. It was snowing in the 10 days leading up to it, so he missed important work days and um, it just didn't come together in time, sadly. But um, he's had a clear run since and he's, you know, we're happy with him. He's working very well, he's schooling well. Um, yeah, so we're looking forward to Saturday. I think he's got a big chance. Got, obviously, he looks like he's got one to beat, but in, in, on what he's done so far, he, look, he looks to have a very good chance. And presumably the one, the one you're talking about is Black Op. Black Op is 13-8, to eight, best price uh, on the blind side, 9-4. to four. I mean, what, watching that race and seeing Sam Crow do what he did, um, did it give you food for thought? I mean, would you still... I mean, you were obviously quite bullish about uh, on the blind side's ability to push Sam Crow if he did go to Cheltenham. Are you still feeling pretty confident? Yeah, it's, just, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's an impossible yeah. question. But yeah, I think when after we watched it, we were, you know, we were, we, we, were, we did, we definitely weren't of the impression that we definitely wouldn't have won. Um, I mean, I, in the fairness of Sam Crow, I personally thought he pulled himself up in front and eventually the did too much down the hill and turning in. I think if, if they'd held on to him for longer, he'd, he'd have been probably more impressive. But he was, yeah, obviously he was impressive anyway. Um, but I th- uh, yeah, I think I think we'd have run in close. I like to think that I don't think there's a, a lot between Black Off and On the Blind Side. Like, the prices seem a bit far apart to me at the moment. Um, and do, do you think also sl- what, what you said about the way that Sam Crow has ridden? Do you think that maybe uh, the winning distance flatters Black Off a bit then from Cheltenham? Uh, yeah, I, I do personally. I'd, I'd be amazed if anybody really believes Sam Crow's only two and three quarter lengths better than Black Off. Um, yeah, I, I just think he pulled himself up and run, he ran over to Sam's rail. I, I think he's incredibly good, Sam Crow. I'm not sort of trying to knock him in any way. Um, okay, yeah, I think I think if we'd have been there, Ian, we'd have been the one that would have been closest to him at the line. I think on the blind side, saw out, when he saw out his win at Cheltenham, I think he'd have been, I think he'd have been bang there. No, whether Sam Crow would have found a hell of a lot more for pressure. I mean, he probably would have done the way he was going. Personally, I think, but. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's one of those impossible. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and, and Nicky Henderson on the blind side's trade, uh, trainer, 
for once the bridesmaid at Cheltenham this year had a frustrating um, week. I mean, he'll be pretty confident that, that his horses will be going okay at Aintree. Big day, big day for him today as well. Yeah, no, I think so. He seems very happy with everything going into, into the, yeah, a lot, as you said. Oh, I'm running big races, to be honest. Um, I think for, for, for near enough every horse this, this week, it's going to be a case of what did Cheltenham take out of them, really. Yeah. Um, and do you see that as being an advantage that, that you've got, considering these two actually didn't go there, but you're coming in fresh compared to the hard races that some yeah, would have I, had? I think it's a massive, exa- massive advantage. Um, I definitely think the horses that, that don't win typically have much harder races than those that win. Um, it tends to always be the way with time figures and stuff like that, that, that the winner is the one that can always post a much bigger figure. So I'd always be very concerned about horses that have been second or third. I personally think they've had, had hard races. I know to, that ticks the box and might bite and brain power in a way today. Yeah. I'd be concerned about those two. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a massive advantage from the blind side. He goes there completely fresh. I mean, I've seen him a few times recently and he looks brilliant. He was looking brilliant before Cheltenham, which made it even more disappointing. But no, yeah, he's only had a few races and he's been kept fresh. So, no, we're, we're very hopeful ahead of that. Well, fingers crossed. And, and the other one, Kilcrea Vale, who, who again, you were pretty sweet on uh, before uh, he didn't quite make the cut at Cheltenham. Uh, one run since, which didn't necessarily go to plan, but uh, goes to the top of uh, best price 16 to 1 at the moment. Yeah, I think he didn't quite his first reserve and he didn't get in. Sadly, there even was a non-runner, but the non-runner was too late, which is even more frustrating. But, um, but yeah, yeah, he just, he just disappointed me slightly at Kempton next time out but um, Darrell got off and said he was hanging a fair bit throughout hanging right and then when we actually got there he lost the shoe and a, and a fairly large chunk of his foot actually during the race really? um, so yeah they, uh, that can obviously have a fairly big effect but you know how, how big effect it did have I'm, I'm not too sure he, I think, yeah I was very bullish going into Kempton he'd been working brilliantly and I thought his form was was the best form there, really, in the race, in the race that he ran in. But it didn't go to plan. But, you know, it could have been his foot. It might not have been his foot. But, yeah, he jumped. We've always been very... His jumping's always been brilliant. And he jumped brilliantly at Hampton, despite finishing fifth or sixth. But and he scored over the national fences. And, yeah, so far, so good. He jumps brilliantly. So, whether that's <laughs> how much bearing that has compared to race days, obviously, impossible to know. But... He's done, he's done everything right in the lead-up to the race. It's just, it's just one of those races. You know, whoever's got a bit of luck on the day, I think. Yeah, indeed. Well, fingers crossed for Kilcrea there as well. And, and finally, I mean, we've introduced you as, as um, owner of those two horses, but at the end of the day, you are a pro punter, Mike, as well. So interested to know how, how you approach uh, the big one, the Grand National, as a, as a betting event. We had Andy Holding in yesterday who was saying that he thinks these days you can basically draw a line through half the field, and that makes it quite an interesting um, betting betting. Uh, race how are you approaching how it? are you approaching it yeah I, I agree with Andy to be honest um, I, just, I think the, the key thing is I always find in some of these, these long distance races a few of them are sort of running because they can get in rather than running because it suits the horse and personally I think that a lot of horses in the national are, are non-stayers and, and you can near enough write them out before they've even started yeah. um, I, I personally like to try and pick a horse that's run close to the distance lightly raced um, and if they haven't run over the over, obviously there's not many races over the, 
anywhere near the distance, but something that's maybe running the Totham or something like that staying on. Um, I, think, I think previous race form is it's very valuable, but, but all, you almost don't want to be picking a horse that's finished that close in recent years. Um, funnily enough, the one that I really liked and, um, so the National, I always, always tend to have a fancy in the National, but I, I don't think normally when you're quite bullish on one, you'd normally miss something quite obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I'm sure I have. <laughs> um, but I was very keen on Regal Encore. Um, I think he ticks a hell of a lot of boxes. Yeah. Uh, he's a 10-year-old, but he's not had that much racing. I think he's had 30 starts and in a, in a fairly good race. It wasn't the hardest race, but at the same time, he was only sort of giving his eye, and as they said, ahead of, ahead of Aintree. He ran last year, and I think looking back on it, I think they made a big mistake last year in everything they've said leading up to this race. I mean, he was held up so far off the pace, which is what I like about him. I, and he jumped brilliantly, but he was just always so far back in the race that he never was able to get involved. And obviously, when you're that far back, the inevitable fallers and everything like that in front of you, it's very hard to actually make round up. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love the way he stayed on last year. I think he's a year. He's obviously got another year under his belt. I think, yeah, I think he thought his run in the Hennessy when he was third was very good. He stayed on all the way. I thought he stayed on brilliantly last year in the National. Um, yeah, I think he ticks a lot of boxes. I think they'll ride him. They'll need to ride him a lot closer to the pace. But given they know he, he should stay, I think they will do. I think, yeah, he's 33 to 1, I think, best price. I think he's a brilliant price. Spot on. There you have it. Mike Spencer's tip for the Grand National is Regal Encore, 33 to 1. Best price for Anthony Honeyball and JP McManus, the owner. Cheers, Mike, for taking time to speak to us and best of luck with, with your two and Regal Encore as well. No right, Thanks, George. See you later. Mike Spence there talking us through the two horses that he owns and uh, his Grand National fancy. And previously to that, Nick Schofield, who will all be cheering on on Vicente come Saturday's big race. Make sure you look at the Odds Checker site every day. Loads and loads of tips, loads of bookie offers. And of course, you can see the best price for all your bets there as well. Um, and download the Bet Hub app and place all your bets through that as well. Um, the one-stop shop for all things gambling. So use the Odds Checker site, enjoy the racing and good luck at the Grand National. <laughs>